them are more than pals Our show can be a little gay But if you're not, that's okay You can listen and have fun either way Xena, Star Wars, Doctor Who Guests and music and reviews Game of Thrones, Winona too She promised there's something for you She nerds out We're girls that like girls That like dirty things Hello and welcome to the She Nerds Out podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Wendy. And I'm Tara. On today's episode, we have some nerd news, and we are continuing our virtual Pride Festival. (laughs) Uh, But first, in light of the current events of this country, uh, because of the deaths of uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and um, all the protests and stuff, uh, you know, we we here at the podcast feel like our voices, specifically three white women, don't really need to be heard right now. So we really, it's a time for us to be quiet and listen to other voices. And be supportive. Yeah, be supportive of Black, uh, of black American voices. So if you go to our Facebook page, you can find all kinds of resources. There's some uh, organizations that could use your support. There's some petitions you can be signing, other ways to kind of educate yourself and to become involved in the movement that's going on right now. So please do that. And I think that's all really we need to say about that. And now, nerd news. Woo, nerd news. <laughs> nerd news. Whoa. Wow. Lepre- it's a gay leprechaun. Like a, yeah, ooh, yeah, that's right. She's dressed appropriately today. Yeah. Don't they have rainbows and they follow those she's, rainbows? She's wearing, she's wearing a gay bib. That's yeah. actually my dog's gay cape. That I got him for pride, but his neck, his jowls are too big for it. So <laughs> it can actually be worn by humans. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, very festive. Very. I wish someone could see the picture. We're all also seeing each other on Messenger. I feel like we're such a nerdy looking bunch right now. I got yeah. a hat that says meow. We all got our glasses <laughs> on. I got a bib on. We're a nerdy bunch. Around. We can clean up all right, but right now we're looking pretty nerdy. Mm-hmm. That's all right. That's the point. We're on brand. So first up, <laughs> nerd news, Batwoman, again, content, the, the saga continues. Mm. So according to Decider.com, Batwoman season two will not only replace Ruby Rose, but also be replacing Kate Kane with a new character. Ooh. So thanks to a casting call, we know that... This new character, and the, the the character name could change, who knows, but it seems like this is definitely definitely happening. So her name is Ryan Wilder. I'm going to read you what the casting call uh, description says. I'm going to guess she's wild, but and I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and just say I hope that the name changes to something a little more subtle. Yeah, but you know. on the nose, <laughs> right? Uh, female, which is good. Uh, Mid late twenties. Any ethnicity, she's likable, messy, a little goofy, and untamed. Ooh, wild. Whoa. She's also nothing like Kate Kane, the woman who wore the bat suit before her. Even though that sounds kind of a, like a lot like Kate Kane. I right. mean, well, not okay. goofy. A little bit. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I guess not, definitely not goofy. She couldn't pull that off. But, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But untamed. Okay. Right? A little, I guess. Yeah, untamed. Maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's a little untamed. Uh, with no one in her life to keep her on track, Ryan spent years as a drug runner, dodging the GCPD and masking her pain with bad habits. A girl who could steal milk, 
where an alley cat could also kill you with her bare hands. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ryan is the most dangerous type of fighter, highly skilled and wildly undisciplined. Mm-hmm, wildly. Ooh. An out lesbian, athletic, raw, passionate, fallible, and very much not your stereotypical all-American hero. Mm. Uh, and the last bit I'll read is performers who identify as LGBTQ are encouraged to submit. They're encouraged. Mm, okay, so, so not required. required. <laughs> They're not allowed to require that kind of thing. That's good. Uh, violate some, That's some, illegal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> some laws. That's the word I'm looking for. Laws. <laughs> Law. So there you go. So they're not. Okay. And we had kind of talked about, oh, maybe they'll just like, how many actors have played Batman? A lot, right? Yeah, but I feel like they've all played Bruce Wayne. And in this case, it's a different character overall. I mean, I guess the comics, it was always Kate Kane, right? And I was, and I thought that they were just, oh, it'd be fun. It's like, oh, no one's going to mention it's a weird, like, I thought it would be kind of a fun way to move forward with the show. It's just just put a new actress in there. It's the same character. But they are not doing that. Right. And another article I read said that one of the, uh, Greg Berlanti is the creator, and uh, I don't know if he's considered showrunner, but I think... No, so Carolyn Dries is the showrunner. Thank you. Okay, so they were going to go kind of a, she said, a soap opera way where it is Kate Kane, but somehow it's, you know, she's got a different face or just something a little more dramatic and out there. Uh, But then she was convinced by Greg Berlanti, yeah, maybe let's take it in a different direction. Uh, So that's interesting, because they already had a couple episodes written for the next season. Right. And they... We're having to change all that up now. So how? Uh, yeah. So now, like, it, it seems like it's more work now to to create this new character and kind of shoehorn her into the storyline that hasn't been wrapped up for Kate Kane. Like, how yeah. are they? Is a stunt double going to just like hop on a motorcycle and take off? Like, how are they handling that? <laughs> I feel like they they ha- like have to kill her, do something because I don't think there's they so will. many relationships that are being left. You know, I mean, Kate Kane. Alice is her twin sister. The Crows, uh, her dad runs the Crows. Mary, her sister, is a huge character. And then uh, Kate, Kane, or um, she was the cousin of Batman. So then that's where Lucy, Lucius Fox's son comes in. Um, they're in Wayne Tower. So I'm just kind of like, where, how, you know, how's all that going to fall into place without Kate Kane there to kind of hand it off? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, I'm sure they'll think of something clever, but. I think it's going to it's disappointing <laughs> that some of those some of those things won't be tied up because I do love her relationship with Mary and with Atlas. So to have somebody without the, those connections, is just going to be a little weird for me. That will be weird because, yeah, she is so tied to every other character in a right. personal way. And um, I mean, I can see part of my thinking when they wanted to just make another character was because it sounds like they want someone fairly different, like more goofy, more this. And it's like, you'd be changing Kate Kane's personality to bring in someone. If they want to go in a totally different direction than what Ruby Rose did. It's like, look, we honor what she did. This was Kate Kane, but we want a whole different type of personality or character. So let's just make a new one. But yeah, I don't know. I guess you could have her have kill off her, kill her off. Like just be having her die as Batwoman in the outfit and Mm, either use something that may have been filmed before, but I don't know like legally and money wise how that works like you couldn't use her face i would imagine yeah, but if you if you paid her you could yeah true right um, and i think that's the best way if you want to 
give some kind of closure to those right. all those open relationships, but also give them a reason to kind of latch on to someone else to continue Kate's legacy. Right. Uh, yeah, I feel like if Kate just leaves, then you're not really honored. It's like, oh, she did all these wonderful things. She was such a wonderful person. And then eh, she just left town. So. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Unless you're they right. give you a compelling reason to leave. And if, and if Ruby's definitely not ever coming back and there's some friction there, then you don't want to kind of leave it open like that if she never agrees right. to come back. Right. Just put uh, the character, like literally bury that character. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't say bury. Don't say bury your gaze. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see what they came up with. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, it's a very, the story just keeps getting weirder and weirder. It seems like, I think, Wendy, you're right. I think kind of maybe to build on what you were saying or maybe just kind of taking a, di- a different direction, maybe they regretted the person that they hired the first time. And they're like, let's hire somebody completely different. Yeah, I feel like they're going to hire someone a little more, probably, I don't know, who knows what with, they're going to get. With but personality, just the, maybe? Yeah, right. just more personality. And I feel like if th- going the direction they wanted to go, it might be too much of a shift in <laughs> completely opposite of the Kate Kane that they've established. But I mean, not that they couldn't. And they kind of slowly goof, make st- like, are like, you're going to start off kind of stiff, but then we want your personality to come out more, like kind of have her gradually change. But right. Yeah. Like she Just could hit her head know. or something. Right. Right. Because <laughs> 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 I even think about, you know, uh, Arrow, Stephen Amell, who's very, plays a very stoic character, um, but he just does it so much better, I think, than Ruby Rose's portrayal of a- another stoic character. Right. And he also can do that little bit of comedy in there where I just it was hard for me to really feel engrossed with her um comedic timing or even with uh uh Barry from Fla- the Flash and uh Kara oh. from Supergirl they each right. have kind of a a goofy side and uh better comic timing and it just works and it just felt very forced for me in Batwoman right and we kind of we we kind of agreed on that in the yeah. very beginning when we, that show first started because now Mary, now she's got some comic timing, and and uh, Rachel Scarston too. Oh yeah, for sure. But then when yeah, so it feels like Ruby Rose should be able to, e- you know, be e- equal and yeah, to kind of <laughs> and rise to that level, right? Yeah, and it just was not. It was there's a clear gap there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm on Twitter. Have you heard of Twitter? Mm, I'm starting mm. to avoid Twitter, but yes, I don't think it's going <laughs> to go anywhere. I'm getting a little tired of Twitter. Uh, no, definitely Twitter um, can be a very dark, yeah. horrible place. But sometimes um, I enjoy it. And I follow somebody on Twitter. Her name is at uh, Rack Wonder. W-R-A-C-K Wonder, as it's spelled. She's one of my favorite fanfic writers. And uh, I reached out to her and I said, hey, can I read your tweet on our podcast? She said, please do. <laughs> uh, so in response to um, the news that they're going to completely get rid of Kate Kane and this new character is, is kind of showing up. She says, Kate Kane is the only Jewish lesbian in comics. Replacing her equals replacing her identities. This sucks. Hashtag Batwoman. So I had never even thought of that. Um, and that is, that's disappointing to hear that, you know, there's sort of, th- there was, yes, she was a 
a lesbian and there's great representation representation there which they're going to continue with the character but the fact that she was a Jewish and they made reference to this on the show I think at okay. least a couple times did they? Right? because then, yeah I, I read I had read this tweet and I didn't realize you were going to read it on the show but I read that and I thought I had no idea like I feel like they definitely I mean did they reference it because I did not even think about that part of her character till I read that tweet I didn't realize she was at all I feel like at least once they did and yeah. I will go back and look for it um, yeah, but the I, comic I book character, definitely. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, uh, but that's a good question. I'm going to, I'm going to take a deep dive. They may have, <laughs> but it just wasn't anything that I remembered later. Like that, that was part of who she was. Wasn't got featured. In the, right? Yeah. Well, which is even kind of a big, bigger bummer that they never got into that as well. Cause that's a, yeah. one, a missed opportunity right. Uh, right. of more representation on TV that you don't get a lot of. Like how many Jewish superheroes are there? Yeah. I don't I can't know. think of any. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's something that you'd think they could have. Maybe I don't know. Maybe played up more. Maybe brought someone in to replace her that they could have played it up more. But I don't right. Know. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this Ryan Wilder character. But um, <laughs> I uh, bet she'll be I, wild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Rack Wonder is awesome, and uh, we're gonna have her on the show to talk about something really cool. Mm. But uh, I'm, I'm gonna throw some ideas at her to see what she wants to come on. But she's great. Okay. She's also uh, she's an educator as well, so she's very smart. Mm. So wait like, a minute cat i know do we, do we really want a lot of smart people coming i was on gonna here? say speaking of like coming to the you know rising to the level yeah like we're gonna we, have to lift or raise our game <laughs> so we're gonna have exactly. to we're gonna have to replace ourselves with somebody else <laughs> to be able to raise now i feel like i've just insulted anyone else who's come on there <laughs> which i obviously have not i'm joking you only have dummies on this show no no that is see that insult every just other guest kidding i'm just kidding just jokes jokes we're joking <laughs> okay. uh okay moving on it's official the xena 25th anniversary convention is moving not you know no surprise to anyone uh to april so they rescheduled it was supposed to be at the end of august i think one day that's right yep august yeah. 25th ish yeah, yeah. Same weekend as CatCon and Star right. Wars Con. That's right. Yeah, last week in April. Uh, so so far, CatCon has moved. Zine has moved. We're waiting on Star Wars, right? I think it's inevitable, but yeah, I do too. So now it's going to be uh, April sixteenth through the eighteenth, twenty twenty one. They sent out the emails to everybody, and actually, I, I got a, the scoop on this because a longtime listener T two Tara uh, sent me a text like, "Hey, they're moving the Zena thing." I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, great." Uh, thank goodness and so they've uh they've already started recommitting guests so so far lucy lawless is in renee o'connor jennifer ward leland michael hurst Stephen l sears and host Brittany powell sounds like Brittany powell is going to be sort of the mc of the weekend okay and uh so there you have it Nice. Um, that was the right choice to make, and you know they probably could have done a little sooner, but who knows? I'm sure there's stuff that we don't know about. You no, know, right? I was talking to someone. Yeah, I think there's a whole lot in the contract. So certain, like I'm sure dates. You know, as far as but getting out of tell. contracts financially, there's a certain times you have to do it. I would imagine. Right. Is it still at LAX? Sadly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> We all I, live in the valley, so Burbank is very convenient for us. It's just I just don't uh, feel like it's a easy uh, location to navigate to. The only way not, it's easy if you fly into LAX and stay in that exact hotel and never go anywhere else. Then you're sure, set. sure, and that makes sense. 
Yeah, which I guess a lot of people will do. Yeah, it's I guess just so. not a very walkable area. I feel like Burbank, at least, that you could get out and just kind of walk yeah. around and, and there are all those across things the street. That we're not far. Yeah, and there's a lot more crop. I remember back in the day, all I had was the Daily Grill and a Denny's, maybe. And now That's there's right. a little bit more. You had to choose, do I want to spend a lot of money or even more money? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And there yeah, was no DoorDash back then. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> no <DoorDash>. Or Uber. <laughs> That's true. So there you go. So, our, I mean, you know, we've obviously, we've talked about it. I'll be going. Wendy, you had you had tickets, didn't you? No. Oh. Yeah. Well, no, I, what, I, I was going to go. So I'm, I was going to go. Yeah. And we were going to make something possibly for it. <laughs> now, we right. more time. now we have more time. <laughs> we have more uh, time now to wait to the last possible second. Yay. So. Yeah, no, I didn't have tickets because I was still trying to figure out how I was going to navigate Star Wars, CatCon, and XenaCon in the same weekend. Right. So now... What if they all know. get put up on the same weekend again? I don't think Star Wars would uh, or CatCon, but have they so CatCon not- has not re- announced I, new dates yet. I feel like they're just we're just going to put it till next year, but I I don't know. I'd have to see what I can't remember what they said. Um, well, yeah, by April they're only they're not that far off. <laughs> you know that's true. That, that's you might as well just wait a lot more than. I mean, how many months is that? Eight months? Yeah, I'm not good at math. I don't know. I don't know. No, a while. <laughs> None of and us I are. It's now, it's now the week before the Zenite retreat, right? So for anyone who wanted to do both, yes. if they are able to make a big giant. Forgot to mention that. Trip. If they yeah. had put it the same weekend. Oh, that would have been, been a problem. Yeah. That would have, I think, yeah. That I wonder if they took that into consideration or if it was just a fluke. <sighs> you know, you'd like to think so, Tara, but mm-hmm. mm, give, don't yep. give them too much credit. Yeah. <laughs> That's also good for the retreat because maybe some of those people will still be around. And and yeah, the guests and that's exactly what T two said. She's like, now I just you know now I can I can come to both because she was going to come out for both originally. So now they must have planned it that way. I I let's say that they did. Let's give them the benefit of that. Okay, all right, they did. Good job, creation. Uh, And if you are going to choose, Lucy Lawless and Renee will be on Renee O'Connor. I'm not on a first name basis. Uh, they will be <laughs> they will be both appearing on Sunday. So if that was to kind of make you know, I feel like Sunday's probably the day I would want to go. Mm, I want to see Jennifer day. and Michael though too. They're fantastic. Yeah, I love them. I don't want to miss that. I haven't seen no, them in they're, years. They're fun. Uh, you know, they do that Saturday. They're doing they're doing the Saturday talent show type thing again. Oh, they are. So I'm sure they'll be performing then. You know what I mean? That sounds like remember, something they would do. I don't yeah. know if anybody if, who's listening remember the year that they stood up and their their presentation was like, well, here's what we've been up to in the last year. And it's literally like more than most people do in a lifetime. <laughs> it's like all the shows they directed, starred in, produced, films, TV, whatever. I remember that thing went on and it was interesting. And they had slides. It was like a year or two that they were, <laughs> here's what we've done. And I felt so. Who doesn't like, love a slideshow? <laughs> so, hey, but it's the two of them. So it was fun. But yeah, it was a slideshow. Uh but I just felt like I've done nothing with my life. And they've <laughs> no, done more like in the, two years than... They're know. the two hardest working Kiwis in the business. Yeah. Yeah. No lie. Okay. Our governor, Gavin Newsom, earlier this week, he announced that as far as the state of California is concerned, music, TV, and film production can resume in the state of California, but no sooner than June 12th, which is mm. a few days away. Like yeah. Three days? No, what's today? No, a little longer than that. But, okay, recording uh, this on the so seventh, so a couple there's a, six days. I assume there's a lot of restrictions and such. So basically, what he said is, "Hey guys, go for it as long as it's safe to do so." 
So what does that mean? Well, that's a good question, Tara. Uh, <laughs> so he's essentially putting it on producers and unions to come up with the protocols that mm. everyone will agree upon before everybody comes back to work on set. And uh, so, so far, we've not seen any of those protocols. No one has made any official announcements. I feel like, you know, now that the Calif- now that California is like, okay, go for it. I'm sure they are seriously sitting down and coming up with this, this list of safety protocols. I'm sure we'll see it very soon. Because as you all know, it's a big industry in town. There's a lot of people yeah. out of work. Yeah. Yeah. And that is going to really help the economy. If that's what, you know, if that's a concern here, which it is. Um, you know, that's going to inject a lot of money back into the economy. And so I'm sure a lot of people around town are anxiously waiting to hear what that's going to look like and how soon people can get back to work. So my brother, actually, he is a, he works in, uh, he does mostly commercials. He's a lighting guy oh. and he worked on, don't tell anybody, he worked on a non-union shoot mm. and he said that he was able to, cause he does the lighting board. He's a lighting board operator. He was able to work remotely. So he, uh, like, basically they set up a, a a laptop and he just FaceTimed the whole day. But he can oh. remotely control the lighting, which is really cool. Wow. Oh. But he, there were people on set. There was, there's uh, there's talent, as they say. Um, there's a DP, the gaffer. And the, the producers uh, had not, were not uh, adhering to any kind of safety protocol. Mm. Ooh. So the crew basically walked. They're like, hey, guess what? You told us it'd be safe. It's not safe. We're out of here. Ooh. So, you know, it's it's really up to if, if you're leaving it up to producers. <laughs> right. I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, there's not going to be a lot of self policing. Right. right. No. The unions They're, have to be involved, and people have to be on set. Like it, it should. It will probably be a new job for someone to stand mm-hmm. there all day and be like, "You're standing too close to each other. <laughs> you haven't mm-hmm. washed your hands in five. You know what I mean? Like someone needs to be there." That needs to be someone's sole job because everyone else is going to be really busy doing their own jobs. And you're going and you're going to just get used to what you used to do, and you're going to do things without thinking and without that person constantly watching for it. Hundred percent. You know, you're not going to have that in your mind the whole time. It's it's where so you can true. go or put your mask on or wash your hands. Yeah. Um. So it's. I think it's going to be. It's. They're going to have to be pretty strict because it, people are going, as you say, just forget and yeah. you know make mistakes, and so yeah. Uh, we'll see, hopefully soon we'll start to see what those protocol protocols are going to be. And I listening to some podcasts and, and some interviews I've heard lately or articles, uh, one was talking about, you know, our show's going to deal with this. Our show's going to have storylines where this is part of it. Like these, are their characters going to be living in a, a COVID world or are they going to be ignored? And they were saying, well, maybe, you know, fantasy shows or shows that, you know, set in a whole different world or existence like maybe will they become more appealing if other other shows are trying to deal more realistically with uh covid and i think it was an article or an interview with uh the killing eve team and asked if they were going to do any sort of in the future are they living in a covid world and they're like no no we don't Uh, want that we want this to be the world that we're living in and or that the show exists in and not not get into that kind of existence so you know, they're not going to have characters and hmm. face in masks. Walking. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God. So it'll be That's interesting good. to see which shows choose to just, let's just pretend this ain't happening and which ones are going to say, let's deal with this realistically and, and mm-hmm. are going to be, people are going to want to watch that if they do. Good question. Yeah. I get enough of that in real life. I'm <laughs> That's true. And it's tough. Like if you set a show where people have to wear masks, that's kind of tough if all your actors right. have to be walking around in masks and that's nobody wants Unless that. Unless you're Grey's Anatomy. 
they make it well okay hospital (laughs) shows all right (laughs) put the masks on that's a really good point and i work on a show that has introduced covid into the world uh and so i think that means our characters had to have to adhere to those protocols yeah, you kind of already so, set that bar for, yeah. your, for your show. Yeah. So, Unless in your version of reality, time, you know, just goes a little by a little faster and maybe precautions ease up like a little quicker. Like a time jump, maybe. Right. Yeah, maybe I'll in their be- world, there's been a cure. Maybe. Yeah. Something. I don't know. We shall see. All right, guys. We're going to jump. We're going to pivot a bit into pivot. sports news. Pivot. Sports. Sports. Hey, guys, guess what? 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 NBA coming back. Woo! Thank God. <laughs> According to the AP, the league's Board of Governors is approving a 22 team format season next month at the Disney campus near Orlando. Yay. Does that mean that like characters are going to be playing? No. <laughs> You're not going to see costume characters. Oh, cat. It would be hilarious. They got to like make some kind of special appearance, like before or during halftime. Well, there's not going to be anybody in the stands, right? So maybe they're just Disney characters. Like, right? "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) I'd watch. I'd watch that. I would too. Yeah, that would be awesome. (laughs) So in this scenario, uh, teams are going to start arriving. In Disney, at the Disney campus around July 7th, and playing eight-game slate of games starting the 31st at what's called ESPN's Wide World of Sports Complex. That sounds fun. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Have you been there? I believe that's where the um, they held some of the activities for the half marathon that I did at Disney World. That's fun. Yeah. Cool. Is it just, is it, it sounds like it's pretty big. It's a big. Yeah. Is it like uh, I mean, I saw parts of it. I don't think I saw the whole complex, but yeah, it was big. It was big. It's there on the Disney World property. Got it. So we, but we still don't know what that's going to look like. We, they have not released any safety and health protocols. We don't know if everyone's in quarantine for two weeks before they start playing. Are they getting temperature checks every day? Are they like, how are you not going to get? I mean, it's a, it's a contact sport, right? Again, like there's like sweat and spit involved yeah. and stuff. Oh yeah, what's that even going to look like? I don't know. That's true because they were. That's all they talked about before. We're all what everything they're going to have to do to get back, and I, I don't know if that was just decided upon. And but I haven't heard anything about the the safety measures that no. they're. No. I imagine Again. there are checks and temperature checks and um, testing, and I'm sure all that'll be happening. They and then they'll to. just quarantine them when they're not. I guess, I mean, I would assume that's why they're at the Disney complex. Right. Controlled so environment. Can be, right. And I, and I think their, their families are not able to come. They're just having just players, coaching staff, and some media that are going to be allowed. And they have to, and they have to stay there uh, for the entirety of the time, I believe. That's great. They can't go in and out. So, I mean, they could potentially be there for months Oh yeah, till yeah, till October. Because they're saying yeah, it, the this this sort of season, including uh, the playoffs or finals, I should say, could stretch into October. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's paycheck, yeah, a big one, and some entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. God. Yeah, I was I was pretty bummed when sports stopped, and then once they've started talking more about yay, sports is back. I've kind of been on the. I'm kind of doing okay without it. But here's my thing: don't mess up football season. Just make sure we get football back. But I'll watch it. I'm sure I'll so watch the, NBA. I th- 
Yeah, I I I was reading something about football, and then it's just basically they they have a plan to come back. It's going to be yeah. obviously start a lot later, but um, I mean, listen, it's we're talking about so much money. Oh these yeah, teams yeah. and you know these organizations are losing every day, so they got to you know they'll do whatever they can to bring something back. It's not going to be obviously a normal season, but it's something. People got to get paid. Well, I think baseball has been talking about, and that's part of the holdup. Like they were talking about the players would not be getting a big chunk of what they would normally get. And they're saying, no, no, we, we don't want to take that big of a hit. And so they're, that's, I think that's a lot of what's holding up baseball. So they'd rather not pay, not get paid at all than get paid a portion of what they would get paid normally. Then, and take the risk of, yeah. of that and, and having to be away from your family. So, right. Yeah. Mm. And there's, and baseball, it's like they haven't even started the season. Whereas basketball, it's like, all right, come in for a little bit, play some games, finish it up, then we'll go home. But as baseball, it's kind of like, you know, I don't, I'm sure nobody really knows how many games they'll end up playing, but right. they never even got started. Mm-mm. And so they're talking about like a whole season of having to do whatever they're going to do to some extent. Yeah. Um, they got a lot of games. They do. Hundred something games. Exactly. Stupid yeah. amount of games. I've heard the talk though, it's gonna be over a hundred, but not what not hundred and sixty or whatever Ugh. however many games it is. Which and they're I mean they're gonna be playing in cold weather. <laughs> yeah. At this that's point, true. right? That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, it usually only goes until October. That's right. Yeah. And the NBA season usually starts in October, so they're going to end in October. And I haven't heard anything about if they're going to push the next season. Yeah, this is really – it just screws how everything up. Yep. <laughs> Stupid COVID. <sighs> All right. We're going to pivot again. Pivot. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Pride news. Oomch, 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 oomch. Pride. That was, that was perfect. Uh <laughs> Everyone's favorite author, J.K. Rowling, is, uh, turns out she's a big trans homophobe, transophobe, transphobe? I'm going to say that again. It's transphobe. <laughs> she's a big transphobe. Uh, guess what? J.K., shut up. <laughs> Stop tweeting. Just shh. Yeah. What did she say this time, Kat? Okay, so this time, and she, this this is not the first time that she's been at the center of this kind of controversy. So uh, over the weekend, retweeted an article about it uh, entitled Opinion Creating a More Equal Post-COVID-19 World for People Who Menstruate. Okay, great. Interesting article. Sure. Uh, She added a comment, people who menstruate. I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. Basically making a joke like, yeah, they're called women, people who menstruate, in her opinion. Mm. Uh, So then immediately people on Twitter, again, Twitter, mm, not not the (laughs) most positive place. Turns out um, people immediately started calling her out for being tra- uh, uh, transphobic, uh, which, again, she's been accused of before. And then she really dug in. <laughs> she started <laughs> tweeting more. For example, if sex isn't real, there's no same-sex attraction. If sex isn't real, the lived reality of women globally is erased. I know and love trans people. I don't believe you. But erasing the concept of sex removes the ability of many to meaningfully discuss their lives. It isn't hate to speak the truth. And there's... You know, you could go on Twitter and you can find all these. She kind of kept going. Uh, I do not believe it's hateful. to. What did she say? I respect every trans person's right to live any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. I'd march with you if you were discriminated against on the basis of being trans, which, by the way, I'm sure trans people could could tell you that they are every day of their lives. Yeah. Um, The same time, my life has been shaped by being female. I do not believe it's hateful to do so. 
So Glad immediately, you know, kind of uh, responded to her by listing several black trans organizations that people can make donations to and ended by saying people should check out Percy Jackson, Jackson author Rick Reardon if they need a summer read, uh, which I thought was very funny and clever. Um, <laughs> so it's just so disappointing. And Tara, you know, you're, you're, you're a much bigger Harry Potter fan than uh, Wendy or I. Um, you know, this is just so disappointing uh, for someone to have created such a wonderful piece of art that celebrates kind of diversity and being yourself. For her to have these feelings and to make them so goddamn public is just so disappointing. Yeah, she's she's there's been some issues there before, <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, and, and there was another tweet that we do think of Harry Potter as this very diverse. Um, uh, group of different people right so you're celebrating your your differences um but then i did see a, a interesting tweet from someone else um again this is in the the twitter abyss um <laughs> essentially saying you know this is coming from a woman who put one african-american in the book and named the one asian person cho chang which is essentially the equivalent of ching chong or something you know <laughs> like like the it, yeah. you know so point out some other things you know made made sense but it, everyone has a you know and then of course it was there was a counter argument to that and it could it just could go on and on sure. um and also like you know the fact that she she says she said after the fact that oh dumbledore was actually gay Mm-hmm. And, you know, instead of making it part of the story, she she kind of tried to get points for saying, oh, he's gay, though, after the fact. Right. <laughs> yeah. So there's always been some, uh, you know, questions about that. I, I don't know. And I don't know enough about her or enough about what all she's done to really comment on the whole situation. But, you know, I I do like how everyone's like, let's just let's just really concentrate on who the real face of harry potter is and that is emma watson you know she's she's our real (laughs) ally and you know she can basically do no wrong especially when it comes to uh equal rights for everybody you know every she's a big uh you know trans rights gay rights you know that's Uh, i i do want to say i did check twitter i want to offer clarification on the pronunciation cat it's transphobia (laughs) not transphobia <laughs> so that is I just that is the first thing that popped up on my Twitter. So I want to make sure we got that right. Nice. Thank you, Wendy. Sure. Transphobia, not trans. <laughs> I appreciate that. Even I know enough about Harry Potter to know I get that one. Yeah, that was good. Good and I, I also I saw someone else tweet, you know, in the name of Hermione Granger, shut up. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know, this is a perfect example. Of liking the thing, but not liking the the person who created the thing, right? Like it doesn't discount how awesome those books are, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't. Oh. it doesn't mean you're going to stop being a fan of those books. It just means that you're not. You know, it's for me. It's like, oh yeah, no, you're you're actually an idiot, and I can like what you've done and not support you as a person, and I feel okay with that. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to give her any more of my money. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that extends to to film, TV. If you stopped watching or listening to music or any any in taking in any sort of entertainment where someone involved or even the creator of or made main main person involved with the creation that had had feelings you didn't like or opinions you didn't like or had done something you don't like, yeah, it's you're going to be limited. Um so <laughs> I mean, you I guess you've got to balance out how like you said, do you want to give her more money? 
but yeah, you're still a fan of the the films. It's that's I guess for each person to decide where they draw the line. Um, and again, it's also Twitter. So it is Twitter. Is, I don't know. It's just a dark, dark place. <laughs> keep going. It can just go on and on and on both ways, and it's ugh. yes, man. But so that's very- why just just to shush, shush. Yeah, so, shut yeah. up. <laughs> That's what up. I'm going to do right now. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> um, and another pride news. Perfect. So this year would have marked, and it still does, marks the 50th anniversary of the first pride march in LA. Hey. Yay. <laughs> uh, and so the president of Christopher Street West's board of directors, which is the organization that puts on pride in LA, Estevan Montemayor, he released a statement 50 years ago, Christopher Street West took to the streets of Hollywood Boulevard in order to peacefully protest against police brutality and oppression. It is our moral imperative to honor the legacy of Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Riviera, who bravely led the Stonewall Uprising by standing in solidarity with the black community against systematic racism and joining the fight for meaningful and long-lasting reform. So they're turning this year's Pride Parade, Pride March, into a solidarity march uh, with the Black Lives Movement, which I think is great. And, you know, it's uh, next week, right? It's next, next week. weekend, Sunday the 14th, 10 a.m. Starts at Hollywood Boulevard and Highland Avenue, which was the first yeah. site, first start point of uh, the original Pride Parade, Pride oh. March, and will end in West Hollywood. So I'm torn. I would, uh, I, I feel compelled to go. Same. I don't want to get the COVID. Same. <laughs> so I don't and know it, what to do. And it's going to be, very, it's going to be, I have a feeling it's going to get dangerous. Not to, anything to do with the protesters, but, you know, it. I mean, a lot of people. Those, yeah, a lot of people. And it. So I don't know what to do. I haven't decided yet. I'm on the fence. I, I would love to go. So, I mean, I, yeah, but again, it's, there's not going to be any social distancing. There's not going to be. It's impossible. You know, no. I, in 2017, they, the Pride Parade shifted in LA, shifted to a sort of a resistance march in response to uh, the election of President Donald Trump, who I don't think we've ever mentioned on this show before. Mm. We'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went to that, and that was awesome. But there was a lot of people. You were just shoulder to shoulder. It's going to be impossible to to be um, socially distant from fellow marchers. So I don't know. I don't know what to do. We'll see. I hope it's a big turnout, and I'll, I'm sure Leah and I will have a discussion. <laughs> uh, but hopefully, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of these going on, like even today. Um, you know, I'm getting alerts about different protests all over LA. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it's great to see it. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that they're not stopping. So we'll see. Uh, I'm sure other other cities are going to do the same thing, sort of in the you know in the name of pride, do resistance marches as well. So we'll see. I don't know. And that's at that's at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. June 14th at Hollywood and Highland. And like you know, logistically speaking, I don't think Metro's running yet. Um, right. I you know. You can take an Uber, but that seems like a bad idea. Um, yeah. How do people get to these? Are they just driving and parking far away? I think so. Yeah. It must be. Mm-hmm. Or taking Ubers and taking I mean, that's how it normally goes. Well, right. Well, normally the red line goes right there too, which is helpful. But if that's, yeah, yeah, we have to look into that and see if that's going. Because that's, that, that's a possibility. Uh, but the trains will get crowded. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. everyone, I mean, that's, everyone's going to do that from the valley anyways. Right. We'll see. I mean, you know, we were kind of talking about this earlier, Tara. You and I today 
We're supposed to be in Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. Riding our right. bikes. Yep, 100 miles. Mm-hmm. Instead, I was laying on the couch this morning <laughs> at around 10 a.m. thinking, oh, my God. Oh, the oh, wow. What a different life I would be leading if if that was still happening. But it, so yeah, I got, got moved. So <sighs> a lot of size on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, moving into our pride segment. Happy pride, guys. Happy Pride. So as you know, last week we announced that we're going to have our our film festival and we're going to try to celebrate Pride virtually because it's all we can do. Uh, And we got a listener uh, email in response to that. Tara, take it away. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. We got an email from Brooke. And she writes, Hi again, Wendy, Kat, and Tara. I am super excited for the Pride Month Film Festival and can't wait to watch A Secret Love. That is the thing that we, the film that we said last week that we were going to watch for this week. It will be super nice to have something wholesome to watch. I wish I had a fun Pride story to share, but this is actually my first Pride being out. I'm living with my parents while I'm in college, and because of that, I haven't really been able to do any Pride things until this year. So I guess that the She Nerds Out Pride Film Festival will be my first Pride activity I am in. I can't wait to hear the other movies that we are going to watch. Thanks, Brooke. All right, Brooke. We're excited to have you. That's awesome, And Brooke. what an honor. That's such a great thing that we get to be part of. Now I feel way too much responsibility. Pride <laughs> That's activity. a lot of pressure. All right. Well, gosh, I, now I feel like for next time, really, I'm going to bring some like uh, streamers and uh, glow sticks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have an idea, Brooke. This is what you're going to do. I want you to experience as close to being at Pride as you can. So you're going to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to take some speakers with you. All right. You're going to turn them up really loud, like too loud. Yep. Uh, you're going to play <laughs> Just, some. <laughs> yeah, a, slight ringing, a slight ringing in your ears. Yeah. Uncomfortably loud. Right. Uh, you're going to play some Lady Gaga, maybe. Um, what else, Tara? What do you think? What's a good She should get like a, some flashing lights. It's flashing lights. And you should stand also in like the hottest part <laughs> of your yard or wherever that you can find. Because if, if you're going to Pride during the day, you're going to be outside. You're going to get a t- like a terrible sunburn. Yes. Um, and you're going to be sweaty. Very so sweaty. Definitely want that. Um, so then you're going to go into your kitchen and you're going to ask one of your parents to pretend to be a beer vendor. Okay. Oh. And you're going to hand over fifty dollars. <laughs> oh yeah. For a large beer. Okay. <laughs> that's that's only twelve ounces. <laughs> you're going to go outside. You're going to dance. You're going to hold that beer. You're going to sweat, and you're going to have a great time. And then half the beers are going to spill everywhere, but it's still going to be awesome. If you get one of your neighbors to walk by, bump into you, and have you spill it, <laughs> yeah, yourself. right. Exactly. Or like if you have some animals, like some dogs, and you could get them to stand really close to you, like again, uncomfortably close. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Wait. Just, but dogs standing uncomfortably close—that's that's fun. I like so that's not bad. Yeah. But like, so you can't really like walk or move. You know, like right. uh, you get the full experience. But it is—it's fun. Yeah, and and it, also exactly. dress those animals in pride gear if you have any for sure. Yes. And wear um, your best, like, rainbow tutu, rainbow, uh, you know, uh, high socks. Exactly. exactly. Um, uh, I think I do have one of your shirts, Kat, that says uh, says pride instead of tide. Perfect. Yep. That's a good yep. one. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's an awesome time. <laughs> but you have to get the auth- authenticity 
That's it. Of it. Yeah. So then next year when you can go, you'll be like, oh, I've done this, guys. This is easy. Yeah. <laughs> I know what to expect. Why is it so much more crowded this year? <laughs> <laughs> Where do these people come from? All right. So we're going to roll into our, our film fest. A Secret Love. And the, we're going to, there's spoilers. We're going, we're going spoiler, oh, spoiler, yeah. spoiler. So the, uh, the premise of this, uh, it's a documentary. The premise is, it's the 70 year love story of Terry Donahue and Pat Henschel. You think it's Henschel or Hensel? I thought it was Henschel. Henschel. That's how I read it. It's directed by Chris Bolin, who happens to be Terry Donahue's great nephew. Oh, I didn't realize that. I am, nor did I. That's interesting. I wonder if he was in it at all during, because a lot of Terry's family was in it. A lot of Terry's family's in it. He is not in it, but, uh, you know, we'll we'll definitely get into the the people who do appear, but Bolin, he's known for his theater work. This is his first film that he's ever directed, and he's Hmm. done a pretty pretty darn good job. Mm -hmm. And originally, the idea of the documentary was to, so his great aunt, Terry, and her roommate, Pat, (laughs) in 2009, uh, they came out to Terry's family as being partners. So like for 60 years, they were, uh, you know, not married, but in a partnership together. Everybody just thought they were close friends. Really good friends. Mm -hmm. And so he was so blown away. It seems like they came out to him first. Uh, There's an article that I'll, I'll, I'll tell you where to find later in the, um, segment but he got the idea that this is a great story their love story is so inspiring i want to make a movie about it and by the time they started filming in 2013 his great aunt terry's health had already started to deteriorate and so that kind of became part of the story as well as you as you'll know from the documentary and so but it's a fascinating story they met in 1947 when surprisingly enough it was not okay to be gay mm-hmm. <laughs> it was actually right. really bad Raids going on. Yeah, they did a great job. They had a lot of old uh, home movies and photographs and, uh, yeah, highlighted the, if you went to a bar that was had anything gay going on, they'd shut it down, raid it, and they'd publish your name in the newspaper. You'd lose your job, your family, friends. Yeah. I like how they said, too, if you didn't have, like, three articles of clothing that were feminine you were going to jail (laughs) you would if you You were were. in pants and dressed like kind of mannish they'd take you in but if if you happen to be there in a skirt and some heels and maybe a necklace Mm -hmm. then you might be Mm -hmm. let go because you were impersonating a man right that's that's what that was the law you were breaking you couldn't impersonate uh the opposite gender which is it's horrible (laughs) what a a really messed up uh part of our history Mm -hmm. Uh, so anyways terry of course was the she played baseball in the all-american girls professional baseball league which is so cool and obviously we you know if you've seen a league of their own you know that story very well um and there's no sort of there's no gay characters in that movie a league of their own uh but obviously there were plenty of gay uh, players in that actual league Mm -hmm. and terry's one of those players so that's really really fascinating and there's a lot of good film of her playing ball yeah, and it touched um, on her first kind of encounter out because she mentions that she had never really she didn't know, know what a lesbian was. She didn't know that that was could even be a thing. And then one of the girls that she played on the team with said, "Well, you know, I just want to let you know, so you're aware. You know, there's this group <laughs> of women that you know do stuff with other women, and I just want make you know want to fill you watch in on what's happening. Watch it, you know. <laughs> and yeah, and she was like, "Oh, really?" So. That was her first interaction with that, you know. She had no idea. 
1947, she's play- Terry is playing hockey uh, in Saskatchewan for the Moose Jaw Wildcats. That's just the coolest name for a hockey team. <laughs> yeah, Moose Jaw. They met at a hockey rink and uh, they fell in love. And so for 60 years, her their families thought they were just roommates. And then that's kind of where the story picks up, right? And so they've come out to Terry's family and uh, the director decides, okay, I'm going to document this. And so we really get to know uh, Terry's niece, Diana, who is the director's mom, which explains the incredible oh, accent okay. yes. to this story. I mean, they this is a very personal, almost uncomfortable uh, documentary. There, there are points in it where it's like, ah, I feel like we, this is so... It's such right. an intimate thing that it's all, it was almost hard to watch for me in a couple of places because it's mm-hmm. very sad, right? Yeah, right. Because, uh, you know, Terry is essentially dying. Like she has Parkinson, Parkinson's and, you know, uh, the, the sort of the big sort of conflict, conflict of the, the movie is that Diana wants to move them back to Canada. And Terry, Terry seems to be on board, but Pat's like, nah, not feeling it. She wasn't into it. Don't much. like Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's too cold. It's too cold. Yeah, too cold. <laughs> uh, and so that's kind of the big, that sort of, I was surprised by, it's. this really is a documentary about uh, a couple aging together, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Almost as much as it is the other. Maybe right. not quite as much, but it's definitely, the, the aging part is a big factor in it, for sure. It is. And, you know, that's, again, that's, it's heartbreaking to watch because, you know. Uh, it's not easy to watch someone uh, get older and lose sort of, you know, that sort of fire. And it sounds like Terry was a very, had so much energy and it was just sort of like a firecracker. Um, and so, yeah, we're kind of introduced into this family drama. Uh, and yeah, it was just, it was, um, there was a lot, I, I just wasn't expecting that part of the documentary at all. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense to me now that you say that it was directed by, her family essentially because it was very heavy on her side of the family for sure and i know that pat's some of pat's family most of them had passed away and i think she only had one living brother who they were she didn't want to tell she didn't think that he'd be very accepting but it didn't give that much background on her Mm -mm. family it spent very little time and i mean so now i mean i just thought well terry's sick maybe they're just spending more time on on i don't know because they're more involved but Um, and it was definitely told from the lens of with Diana. Is that her name? Diane? Diana. Diana. Um, at one point she said, uh, because Pat didn't want to move back to Canada, I think she said something like, um, I, it feels almost like Pat took her from us. Pat, Pat's keeping for, mm-hmm. her from us in a way. But then as the story keeps going and you hear that, no, take Terry left. She didn't want to go back. She wanted to play ball and she wanted to stay in Chicago. And it's just kind of this different dynamic If you know, Pat was her husband and they, you know, it would it be a little different viewed a little differently um, that if, if it was a husband saying, well, you know, I don't really want to, I want to stay here. I don't really want to go to Canada, you know, versus, you know, well, this person who's not really married to, my aunt or whoever it yeah. was, you know, trying to keep her from, I don't know. It was just a little different. That, that comment rubbed me the wrong way. I think. Same. She, yeah. And it's, it's definitely skewed and it's skewed that way. Even the looks, the the way they focus oh, on certain yeah. looks between them. And, um, I Pat, don't think it painted an accurate picture. <laughs> Pat, is, Pat is made to be a villain. 
in some mm-hmm. parts of this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is really unfair. And there's been some criticism of the movie. Um, if you, I think BuzzFeed has a good article, sort of the counter of like, you know, the the movie has been well received and I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. But there are some sort of uh, critics who are like, kind of what you're saying, Tara, is that you get, it, this is clearly from Terry's family's perspective. And it's more about them, uh, you know, it's more about their, their, their kind of closeted, uh, the story of them being closeted to the family. They were not closeted to their friends. They had a very, it seems mm-hmm. like a very um, rich uh, gay community in Chicago that you don't really hear much about. And we don't know, you know, what were their views on gay marriage and, you know, mm-hmm. how they participate in the gay movement. Like, that's a whole part of their life story that we don't get to hear because as far as their family's concerned, that never happened. And you're and right. I think Pat took it, them away from us. And she, right. you know, basically you're, you know, you made, you made Terry gay. That's kind of the, right. that's kind of the feeling you get from the family a little bit. And even when they're looking through those old pictures and Diana had that moment by herself and she, and I've thought she was featured a little too much for my liking, but um, she was looking at this picture of, uh, the two of them with their friends and all their friends. And she goes, Oh, you know, they, they, I don't even know who these people are. This is just their, their other family they have. And that's kind of when it, when it went into that part. And then even at their wedding, spoiler alert, again, I think she says in her speech, she says something like, Oh, we're so glad that some of you that were so important to Pat and Terry that we'd never met. We're so glad you could be part of this now or something like that so it, it was said in kind of a um an off-putting way right yeah. yeah it wasn't like a we're so you know welcome to our family you know it was just like we a little off knew about you right exactly <laughs> we didn't know you existed until a few months ago but welcome yeah. <laughs> so there's another niece there's Diana, who's like the good one who eventually is kind of like she's the good one and then there's, yeah. <laughs> then there's Tammy You'll remember Tammy as being the niece who kind of is un, is is not happy that they're not married yet because they're living in sin. <laughs> well, I like that. That's her approach. It's not the fact that they're two women. It's just hey, if you're going to live together, be married. Nobody's right. like right. the gay part has nothing to do with why she unless that's it what does I took from it too. Just, yeah. I thought she just was more the living, you know, because she said she kind of said, well, whatever, you know, you should be. Uh, and then she, I think she referenced the tombstone too at some point, didn't she? Where her the father, yeah. Right. But that's what I thought she was referencing because the mom was on the same tombstone as Terry and Pat, and then the dad was kind of put on a separate. Yeah, I'm not sure how that happened. And I thought that she said it in reference to that, like, well, I think at least dad should be on the tombstone because if they're up there living apart in heaven or whatever, they're living in sin. So then. Well, I think she I was know. definitely the living in sin was the two women like get oh, married really? at least, but oh, I don't really? know. <laughs> but she definitely okay. thought it was wrong, which I get. Like I'm not sure why the dad had his own different tombstone, but yet Pat and Terry were on there with the mom. I mean, I never. Heard, it sounded like a pretty happy together family. Yeah. So I don't know. But I mean, you know, and to be fair, they kept the secret from their family for 60 years. So there's mm-hmm. a reason, right? There's something yeah. that maybe we don't know. Yeah. Right. And maybe when you hear. Tammy say crap like that that might be like well maybe we shouldn't tell the family because they might be a bunch of assholes they said that Diana was so close with Terry because Diana's father um, was the drunken homophobic uh, you know alcoholic who was racist and uh, said things like you know that she just needed to have sex with a big black guy and that that would set her straight 
Right. Um, so he said things like that. And that's the kind of household they grew up in. So that's why Terry was so or Diana was so close with Terry because she said that she was the reason she gave her all the opportunities and she gave her the the right mindset where because of her other family did not give her that. That's the kind of family that she was growing up with right. without Terry. Um, so and I, maybe the other sister, what was her name? Uh, the, Tammy? Tammy? Tammy. Maybe Tammy picked up more on some of the other traits. <laughs> and, you know, because mm-hmm. you're Fair bound enough. to. Yeah, of course. Of course. You, you know, you, you're taught that sort of thinking. Right. You're not born exactly. that way. You're, you're taught to be a bigot. Uh, so, you know, the, the the movie cuts back and forth between their love story and it's told through these great photos and home movies and stuff. It's that's I think that's the that's my favorite part is when you get to see them as younger and they're vibrant and they're having parties at the house mm-hmm. and they're dancing and they're having a good time. They seem they look just so happy to be together. Yeah. And there's something to relate to. It really helps, you know, when you're watching this much older couple in their 80s and 90s. And you, you can't, it's harder to relate. And then you see all these home videos of, oh, wow, that, that looks like me. That looks like me on, on the beach and with my friends and just exactly. hanging out and having a party. Um, yeah, it, it helped me relate a lot. Well, you know, it would have been interesting too. Like you had that story where Terry, that you're talking about where she was told there's women that like other women, you know, she was like being warned. And, and I think they even said something like locking their door, like making, trying to make sure those women didn't come in their room at night. But I don't remember hearing a thing like then she said she met Pat and everything was different. But I'm like, it seems like I, I there's got to have been some kind of struggle to go from I don't know who these type of women are and I'm a little scared of them to I've met this woman, Pat, now, which did they ever say why her name was Pat? Because her name was something like Maria and something else. I don't know where she got Pat unless unless it was something to do with like on any kind of document. Someone might think it was a man. I don't know if there's any sort of trying to cover that she was a woman by calling herself Pat. But anyway, um, but I, you know, was there some kind of struggle? Cause it seems like then I met Pat and then it just kind of worked out. We were together. It's yeah, like, they, instead of, they didn't talk about the feeling of actually coming out essentially to themselves or right. that when they I, first I imagine that wasn't feelings. easy. Yeah. Right. Cause there was also, no, they really glazed over that yeah. for both of them. Right. I mean, Pat and they were both with guys. It's right. I remember Pat had like three guys that she was with and then they all died. Yeah. They all mysteriously died. (laughs) Yeah, they did. Yeah. I would have been curious to know, especially back then. I mean, it can be tough now, but even back then you're like, I have feelings that basically are considered immoral and completely wrong feelings that I get you killed. Yeah. And can get you killed. And then to be so sure that the other one is going to have the same, I mean, like, am I just a friend? I mean, I I can't imagine how hard that was to go from this, not even being in your realm of existence to I've met this person. And I think this might be what this is, but I don't know. Like there had to been some struggle going on from they meet to they spend 60 something, 70 something years together that I would have been interesting to hear that. Yeah. There was a missed opportunity there. Yeah. yeah. And they really glazed over that. And I mean, again, it makes more sense to me now. It's a family member and, right. they're, you know, just have coming from a, you know, a more biased. Yeah. It's almost uh, like position, more but, more about how this deal, how this affects our family and the family aspect than, wow, what was it like for you two mm-hmm. going through this as, as, uh, women who were gay back in these these times yeah they almost told that portion more like the history lesson of what being gay in general what yeah. it got you you know the exactly the, right but they, they didn't spent, they didn't yeah. make it more personal to them and i thought it was interesting they spent a lot more time about which senior living home are you're going into than 
and the drama there with the woman trying to get him, which I get because she reminds and me Diana of my mom, like trying to make her love and how much right. she wants to help. Yeah, that was yeah. bigger than like hearing about their history as these as to, with each other. It's like, which I don't want to go to this home. And it's like more Diana's involvement with them than their his, their story. And, so, and, and again, some of it in that sort of struggle, Pat is made to look like the bad guy. Like she's she's the one that's keeping Terry away from the family, and she's the one that doesn't want to move. And yeah, so it, again, like you said, it's 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 a biased story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I actually thought Diana was a little over the top, and then Pat even said, I think at one point where they were having that, it was kind of like an argument they're having, and that was probably one of the awkward moments for you to watch too, uh, where essentially Diana says that Pat has a million dollars, and why aren't you spending <laughs> yeah. it on? putting her in this home you have the money and talking about all how much money she has and and it was just like it felt a little much for me it felt like then she was like starting to cry and get and pat's like what are you talking about like what well i don't mean to make you feel you know she was very rational about it and like well i don't my heart hurts that you feel like i wish you would have asked me that's not what we were talking about at all and and they made to try make it into this really dramatic moment Right. Fe- but it featured the wrong person for me. Hmm. I don't know. I had I thought there was a little too much Diana in it. Yeah, I feel like you didn't get any discussion between the two of them on like why Pat doesn't want to go back or what do what do you really want to do, Terry? Do you want to go back or is it your family wanting to go back? And yeah, it was more from the family side of getting them to come back. Right. And I want to know once Terry died, and I thought they were gonna cover this a little bit, what happened to Pat? Did mm. the, the Terry's family I can tell did, you did they go and Uh-oh. oh, okay, all right. Yes, please do. <laughs> so, and we'll get there. So, uh, they move back to Canada. They find this home. That's where they get married, right? Uh, mm-hmm. they, they have a wedding. It's very sweet. And as I had kind of predicted and unfortunately was right, uh, the, the film ends and you learn that uh, Terry passes away. She was 93. She died of, of Parkinson's disease. It was like five af- five years after they first started the documentary, or seven years, or something like that. Okay, yeah, five to seven years. Uh-huh. And I think and remind me because you guys you guys just watched it. I think they were they had ended up being there for about two years. They had two years, two years mm-hmm. in Canada. Yeah, which is great, right? So they had family close, and they seemed to like the arrangement. So that's 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 a good thing, right? That they. They had at least some time. It was interesting, though, because I don't know if you remember the time jump between because they have the actually they have the wedding in the the senior living home in Chicago. And then it fast forwards to I think they spent like a couple of years there or something and then moved to Canada and the amount and because Pat gets sick. And it was interesting to see the amount of aging it looked like they both did. Mm-hmm. when they moved to Canada, maybe like they got both for the both of them. It was like, okay, maybe we, we do need to be closer to people that can take care of us. Cause they both yeah. look like they'd aged quite a bit because of and illness again, or just age. Of course. Yeah. And again, what was wrong with Pat? There was about two minutes spent on right. when Pat became sick. You had no idea what was wrong. She's in like a hospital bed. Um, and yeah, there's very little Pat, Pat got, uh, the short end of the stick, I think. For sure. So there's an article in the LA Times. It's called Love is Love. How do you go on without your little darling? And it is, uh, it gets into, it basically somebody, this reporter was able to arrange for, uh, this is around the time the movie came out in May. She, this reporter was able to get an iPad into, t- uh, into Pat. They figured out how to get Zoom going. 
So she she was able to do this interview with her during the COVID-19 lockdown. And it sounds like, uh, let, me, let me read you from the article. In the year since Donahue's passing, Henschel has started to adjust to life on her own, thanks largely to Diana Bolin. Mm. While the two were always somewhat distant when Donahue was alive, her death allowed them to bond in a way they'd been unable to before. And this is... Uh, this is Diana speaking. She told me she wanted to go because she was in so much pain, but she didn't want to leave Patty. I told her not to worry that I'd take care of Patty, and I am. But it's not because I promised Auntie Terry. It's because I want to take care of Patty. So it seems like they, if you read the article, she, you know, uh, Diana goes to visit Pat all the time. She brings her things, she brings her little surprises, and they were able to kind of, they bonded more than they, they had when Terry was alive. And I think that's, it's, it's a great article. It kind of puts a nice little button on the story. Cause you yeah. really, it's a great question. Like what happens to Pat? Like now she's all by herself, her family, she has no family. That sounds like at least Diana and I'm sure this director, Chris Bowen have kind of have stepped in and, and, you know, helped to, to kind of take care of Patty. And I mean, listen, 70 years, I can't even imagine mm-hmm. for 70 years. And then they're just gone. Uh, that must be uh, absolutely devastating. So it's, you know, I kind of want to call Pat and hang out. Like, how do we, <laughs> how, can we uh, how can we send Pat, you know, uh, fan letters and stuff? I, I think that would yeah. be so sweet. And, you know, I don't know. It just seems like it's a nice, it's a nice little button on the story. If you want to read the article, it's, it's a little hmm. more, it's like, okay, she's okay. She's being taken I'm care glad. of. I'm glad. I really okay. thought you were going to read the opposite. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I really I did. I just thought, oh, they, she never talks to the family anymore, but I'm glad that they're stuck. All right. Yeah. I'm glad I'll, Diana came through. I'll, Yes. Yeah, I'll I'll roll back on some of the Diana. <laughs> See, I liked I liked Diana because she reminded me of what my mom would do. My mom's always the one trying to like, you know, be the one taking care, checking on the family members, being involved, to, right? you know, one person. Yeah, so that yeah, and that's I think my mom. That so. Pat put, hit. I think Pat hit it when she was again doing the whole. Um, you have enough money. The whole uh, dramatic thing that she, could have just been a regular conversation. Right. Um, <laughs> And Pat said something like, there's no need. And she didn't say there's no need for hysterics, but it was something along those lines. <laughs> it was something along like, there's no need for all this. Like, I think that's how I feel. Like, <laughs> she, like she essentially much. said, look, I agree. And I'm sorry that you feel that way. There's I that wasn't the intention. And I care. Of course, I care about you. And I, you know, but she's, you know, drop the dramatics. That's what she, that's what she said. <laughs> and that's I think that's what bothered me. And I think it was now it makes perfect sense to me that it was. From a certain point of view. Exactly. A certain point of view. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it, overall, I mean, I, I like the movie. It was not what yeah. I, you know, the, the, they're really good at making trailers, right? This is, this is mm-hmm. how they get you. So this was not the movie I thought I was signing up for. That being said, I thought it was great. It's a great sort of look into uh, aging as a couple, you know, um, as a gay couple. And uh, no, I liked it overall, and I would absolutely recommend it to uh, to anybody not not just someone in the gay community, but to sort of you know, if you like documentaries, I think you'll be into this. Yeah, and one of the things I big things I took away with it from it was the whole aging part because you know I'm not gonna lie, that freaks me out. Like you you look at these people, you look at the state they're in now. They're they go to a living home where the fun time is passing a ball around in a circle, and that's like the fun part of the day, you know. And and you just think you look at the pictures that they showed of. That could look like our pictures of having fun with friends and hanging out, going to the beach. And you think, you know, when they were that age, they probably never envisioned what they were going to, you know, you think mm-hmm. other people get old, but I can't imagine I'm going to end up like that. And then they do. And it's just depressing to think 
that's our all of our future. I mean, if we're lucky, if we're lucky, yeah. that's our future where we get yeah. old and end up like that. But it's just it's sometimes hard to, to look at and just think how quickly that probably went by for them. Like she even said, it's like been 60 something years. It feels like we just got started. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that always gets me the whole watching people look back on their lives kind of thing. But it is good. Yeah, it was very, yeah. and it's not very long. It's like an hour and 20 something minutes. It's, yeah, it's, it's a good watch. It's a good watch. Yeah. So out of five rainbows, I give this film <laughs> four rainbows. Four, four rainbows. rainbows. Yeah, I, I agree four. because I wish they would have focused more on the secret love part of it. And exactly. the things that they, um, even when they highlighted, oh, well, we didn't go to, or the bars and the raids. And they said, well, we didn't go to bars. We we're too scared, you know, mm-hmm. and to focus more on their personal um, or maybe uh, talk to some of their friends that did get raided or something, you know, just relate it more to them, even if it wasn't, you know, but uh, I wanted it to go a little deeper into that. Um, and then, yeah, it did, was more focused on the, the non-secret part, the after the secret's out. And yeah, yeah. so it was I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was interesting how they wrote love letters to each other yes. and ripped off the bottom so they, if someone found them, they couldn't tell who it was yeah. from. Like more about that, like focus yeah. more on those letters, have more of those letters up or just, in the yeah. background, between, you know, so. Totally. Or all the things that they did to try to avoid. It was funny in the, the wedding ceremony where she goes, you now don't have to refer to yourselves as cousins. Like you can actually say <laughs> your wives, you know, just how what they did. And I mean, it sounded like the family had no clue. Like it wasn't a family that suspected like they just no. didn't even have a clue. Yeah. And how they went to work. They worked together, too, and wore dresses and heels and nobody knew they're just friends. So they did a good job hiding it. And I guess back then. It just wasn't out there enough in general where people's minds went there because the exactly. only bad evil people were uh, sorry for the sirens. Uh, only bad evil people were homosexual. So if exactly. these were nice, decent women, well, there's no way. Well, they're wearing right. heels. You so. can't be normal and a right. homosexual at the same time. <laughs> right. right. So. It's not possible. No. <laughs> I like the I like the rating system, Tara. This is mm-hmm. uh, I I appreciate the rainbows. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say three point seven five rainbows for me. Oh, okay, okay. Wendy, what do you think? I'm I'm going to stick with the four rainbows, okay. but right. I see your three point seven five. I understand. <laughs> I, see I understand that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that was. I mean, I think we did a great job with that movie. Look at us. I think I think we did awesome. <laughs> We're we are great guys wow pat on the back i love us yeah smothered by your humility <laughs> <laughs> all right so next week uh we have chosen uh, our next movie i'm pointing a lot i'm so sorry that's rude <laughs> when you're pointing point. at you're I'm freaking me sorry. out of finger. sorry so we're gonna watch a movie another ne- netflix is just every almost everybody has netflix right so we're just gonna kind of stick to netflix movie th- new movies i think right that makes sense yeah till till like okay. Does anyone else oh, have wow. the Hulu? Because I don't have the Hulu. That sets yeah, me I think back. There's another one on Prime too that we could watch. Yeah, that's but, true. That's cool. right. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to pick it and like, choose things that m- most everyone can watch along with us. Like nothing too obscure that you have to like buy, you know, buy a DVD off of Amazon that takes two weeks to get you <laughs> out. We're not going to do anything. Like it's that. like yeah, dubbed and like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. It's like the it's very grainy and it's like someone's <laughs> sitting there with a camcorder. Uh, so we're gonna watch the half of it. Which is a rom-com. A little lighter next week, right? Hopefully. Teenage rom-com. That should yeah. be fun. Mm-hmm. Again, it's on Netflix. So please, listeners, if you want to join join in the fun, mm-hmm. uh, give that a watch. And we'll talk about it next week. 
And as another sort of, um, I think, you know, every week we'll also kind of bring up some random pride thing. So I thought that this week, this, uh, I discovered this online this morning. I didn't discover it, but Leah told me about it, but I'm stealing it. <laughs> There's a, a gentleman on Facebook. His name is Eric Folkmeyer. It's E-R-I-C. His last name is F-O-L-K-M-I-R-E. He's an activist and he has a great, he's doing this great thing for Pride Month. Every day of Pride on his Facebook page, he is uh, he is highlighting a different member of the LGBTQ uh, black community. So uh, it's really interesting. He goes into like deep dives on people. Um so far, you know, Angela Davis, James Baldwin, Marsha P. Johnson, and then people that I've never heard of, which is, I think, the most fun part of this. So uh, check that out. Uh, he's sharing these stories every day on his Facebook page. Go follow him. It's a great way to celebrate and learn about people that you probably never knew fought for you uh, if you're part of the gay community. Um, so go follow him. And, um, you know, we had talked about some of our favorite pride moments. I forgot. I went to World Pride in 2014. World Pride? Where was that? In Toronto, Canada. Ooh. So every year, there's a World Pride in a different uh, major city in the world. As you would imagine, it's World Pride. So <laughs> we went to Toronto in 2014. It was a blast. It was it was like, imagine, you know, like uh, LA Pride times 50. It was huge. <laughs> Tons wow. of people. Huge parade. Lots of going on. Um, and the thing about Toronto is that it's a very, it's a very uh, metropolitan city. And it has, you know, there's, it's a very diverse city. I'd say it's even more diverse than LA. And so people would go just to go and, and celebrate. You, you know, you would see lots of uh, straight people and sort of just every kind of walk of life uh, at these, at, at the event. So it was a lot of fun. If you ever get a chance to go to a World Pride event, it's a different city every year. It's a ton of fun. Um you know, some of the, the most fun I've had at a pride was in Toronto. So, and I, and I mean, Toronto has a big pride anyways, uh, but this one in particular was just a lot of fun. So there you go. So Brooke, next year you should go to world pride. <laughs> that's like, it's like going for, to, from zero to a hundred. Really yeah. Cool. Like go from, I haven't been to one to a ginormous. <laughs> the biggest one. Biggest yeah. one possible, but hey, jump all in. I wonder where it's going to be because they usually announce it. It's like the Olympics. They announce it ahead of time because it's such a big deal. Copenhagen, guys. Copenhagen. Oh, so it rot- oh, I see. It rotates. Okay. It rotates. That's very cool. So that would be fun. Are you kidding? Copenhagen? That sounds Copenhagen. awesome. And then in 2023, it's going to be Sydney. Ooh. Ooh I want to go Sydney. Uh, doesn't have anything listed for 2022 yet, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Sweet. There you have it. I think that about wraps up our Pride uh, Pride Virtual Festival for the week. All right. Put a bow on it. I'll have to find something else to wear besides a rainbow. Rose, a rainbow. rainbow cape. Next week. <laughs> oh, I've got plenty of rainbow gear. Yes. I, maybe I'll wear my Pride, my Pride Tide shirt next week. We need to do Snop at the club. Snop at the club. Club Snop. Club Snop. Club Snop. Okay. We're going to snop it up. Start the music, Tara. <laughs> Let's wrap it up with Club Snob. All right, uh, thank you for coming to this edition of Club Snob. Snob, Snob. It's not Schnobs, it's Snob. But you can get Schnobs, that's Snob. Hurry if you up, hard to go to the, uh, If you choose to go to the Twitter, you can find us at, at Snob Oddcast, S N O P Oddcast. Pride. Yes, continue. <laughs> I'm out of breath. That was hard. 
I'll pick it up. Okay, or you can go on Facebook or Instagram at Stop Podcast. Oh my gosh, I can't even think when you do that. At Sheeners Out Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to send us an email, you can do that. Send that email. Sheenerdsout at gmail.com. And on that note, out. Out. She nerds out. We're girls that like girls that like nerdy things. Nerdy things.